Hola, you are listening to First Gen Healing, a podcast on Latinx healing and awakening journeys. My name is Priscila Luna. I am your host, and I'm so excited because today's guest is Jazz Ornelas. Jazz, how are you doing today, mujer? Hola, I am really excited, a little bit nervous, but really excited to get into these conversations and chat with you. So let's start off by you telling us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, your cultura. I am originally born and raised in East LA, Los Angeles, California. My parents are from Samora, Michoacan. Mm-hmm. So I am a first gen Latina. I, you know, grew up in areas where in East LA, I saw a lot of, you know, Latinos. So I felt home, you know, I felt um, that I can, you know, be a part of the culture, but there was always that part growing up that I felt like I couldn't fit in or the assimilation or even the telenovelas growing up of, of what I had to look or what I had to be. It's not until recently that I've really stepped into this is me. This is who I am without comparing myself or looking at what others version of Latina is. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a content creator. I am a mom of two. I'm a wife. I started content creating on TikTok and it's something that for me speaking about content creators and Latina content creators, because I saw that there was no representation within the app. I was craving community. I was craving people that I can relate to, you know, non-trending songs. Like I wanted songs that, you know, Senora Saturday songs that Juan Gravier, things that I can relate to. Yeah. But you know, within the app, I, I I started, you know, asking like, who who else is this way? And it's been such a beautiful journey to be able to now to say there is an incredible Latina creator community mm. and we're taking space on the platform. So I also, from that birth, my podcast, I'm also a podcast host Yay. called The Latina <laughs> Creator. Um, so yeah, that's a, in the short snap of, of, of all the little things that that I'm passionate about in my life. I'm a multi-passionate queen. Yes. (laughs) Well, okay, there are two things that I want to dig deeper into. One, I'm from East LA too. Yeah, girl. And I remember I saw one of your videos and I was like, oh, I need to bring this up to her because yeah, I'm from East LA too. I moved out of there when I was 11. So I didn't get the full experience out there but um my family stayed stayed in east la so there's always been a connection there always even now always home it's always home yeah exactly so interesting for you to say that you always felt like an outcast or maybe just a little bit different Mm -hmm. and i'm wondering if you can dig into that a little bit deeper because To be honest, when I lived in East L.A., I don't think I felt that. It wasn't until I moved out (laughs) of East L.A. where I was like, oh, the whole world isn't full of Latinos? What? Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) yeah. So what was your experience? I think it, it might be because I'm a first gen, right? So I think it's because my parents had these expectations of what success meant and when i would see success it would not be um latinas it would be other other people you know and so for me it was really hard to i don't know find role especially in such pivotal years of 
self-confidence, like learning to love my skin, just certain physical things that, you know, growing up as a teen, I you ha- I have these expectations of my parents mm-hmm. and I'm not, I've always been like the, I, I'm the youngest and I've always been uh, like my mom lashes, like siempre haces lo que sea. Like I have my own beat. I do things differently. So I feel like it's also that, that, that I've always challenged myself or challenged the norms or wanting to do things differently, just like very much now in TikTok, right? Like I very much saw that there was no representation and I was like, why isn't nobody saying this? Why is like, why can't there be more representation? You know? So as a young age, I felt all those things, mm-hmm. but I didn't know, I didn't have the emotional intelligence to say, this is what I'm feeling. Let me process it mm-hmm. and also love myself completely. Mm, I see. I see. You know, I have a similar experience, but probably in the opposite way. And there's this like little insecurity that I'll share on this episode, which is I'm light skinned, right? And so for me, I was never Mexican enough to others. And I know there's still like privilege in that, and that there's different experiences had. But at the same time, my father, for example, is not my skin color. And so we were experiencing discrimination. Yeah, for sure. And and now, like, each generation, you know, we feel it. Now with my two kids, my son is lighter. My daughter is more my skin tone, you know, so you can see it. You can see the difference. But I feel like now that I am a part of a generation that I am going to therapy, I am, you know, doing breaking the cycles or generational traumas, doing my best that I can in my motherhood journey, Yeah, that I feel like I can have these conversations where it was a lot harder with my mom to comprehend because, I mean, she came from Mexico at a such such a young age that she was just trying to do her best. Yeah. And there was no real communication of what I was feeling as a first gen at my teens, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned your parents' expectations of you or what they wanted from you. What were they? Um, I mean, of course, their their American dream would be like me going to college and having been a doctor or something along those lines, you know, but I've always been uh, creative. I've always loved the idea of creating income online. I've always loved to just do things differently. Um, I didn't graduate from college, so I've always been, um, you know, I've always been able to look at different ways and avenues, you know, through affiliate marketing or whatever it may be. Like right now it's content creating and that's different. That's not the quote unquote secure financial, um, financial security from my for my parents you know now they kind of understand because they'll watch the Spirta America and they'll <laughs> see how like artists will come to the television and they promote their shampoos or algo you know yeah and so she's like oh okay algo así haces like Kind of, yeah. Más o menos. So they don't understand, but I think now they see that I am happy mm-hmm. and they realize that I'm happy, I'm safe, and they trust that no matter where I'm going, that they know that I can look for solutions or, you know, find ways so that I can back 
you know, figure out my processes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it, it's been a journey, right? Because they always they were brought up differently. Um, I shared a story that my dad, he was very young. His first employment was selling newspapers because of the poverty in Mexico. So for my dad, I understand that that's very important for him to have that security because it's something he didn't have. You don't know if you're going to eat your next meal or your shelter or for my mom, um, my mom at one point, her and her family, you know, ended up sleeping in a cemetery with my grandma. Mm. So it was coming from a really hard back round for them so for i understand where their fears come from where their anxieties come from but it's also hard as a first gen for me to say i need you to believe in me yeah and believe in where i'm going you know i think that's something that i've had the conversation with my therapist to say you know that my parents they haven't been able to you know because of how they were raised, they don't show that much affection or that much love because of how they were raised too. So now it's very much um, it for me. I, when I have conversations with them, I have to, it almost feels like an out of body experience because I know Mm -hmm. where they're coming from, but not to take it so personal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then for me as a mom, you know, to also give compassion to them, but also say, how do I want to react? And how do I want to change the trajectory of my motherhood experience with my kids, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You're like, kind of uh, navigating different worlds all at the same time, like kind of parallel realities, right? That's what I feel like. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah, so many things. So you mentioned it's a journey, and I'm sure it is. And I think that when you get to that phase of parents, I need you to trust in me, you know, and I got this. Before being able to do that, I think you have to be able to do that for yourself, right? Trusting yourself and allowing yourself to know that you got this. So can we maybe take a step back and talk a little bit about, one, if you resonate with a healing or awakening journey, And then two, when do you think that started for you? I feel like I have had a lot of, it hasn't been like one light bulb moment for me. Um, It's been, you know, season after season. And I feel like my first, a little bit about my stories, I've had depression Mm -hmm. um, since I was a teen. And with my depression, that's not something, again, there was a huge stigma of, hey, mom, dad, I, I feel sad. I don't know why I feel sad. It was, ya levántate, ponte a limpiar, do something. Yeah. So it always, I didn't know how to cope with my feelings. I didn't know how to, you know, my feelings were not validated. I didn't know how to cope with my feelings. So I was yeah. just kind of brushing them under the rug. And as the years passed, I remember when I was in high school, I felt so, so sad. And I just said, um, I want to try out for cross country. And I knew, you know, like by then in high school, everybody talks about, you know, working out, how it's healthy and all that stuff. And so, I mean, I'm, I was not an athlete at all, at all by any means, but I was like, I want to do this for myself. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do it. Just, I don't, I don't, and I remember telling the coach, I don't even care if I'm on the team. I just want to run. Mm-hmm. And 
he was I'm, I'm sure he was just kind of thrown off by that you know and I I longed for community I longed to have that prove to myself that I can do it yeah so I did I remember when I first started to practice my first maybe like three miles it was probably like 50 minutes it, it took a long time for me I believe I went down to 28 minutes or something like that. Wow. And that felt so good that, that it felt so good that it felt like an awakening because I was able to show myself that I can do this for myself. I didn't need permission from my parents. I didn't need permission from anyone. Yeah. And that there was something powerful when I would run because it was cross country is long distance running. Right. So when I would run, I would just process all of what I was feeling, release any anxieties that I, or energy that I was storing in my body. Yeah. And then by the time that I was done, I was like, wow, you know, and like I said, I was never in any sports. I've never been in any sports, but that was just one that I was like, I'm going to try it out. Um, so I would say that was like the big pivotal point for me because that really gave me inside of with my mental health that I knew I needed to be active. Mm. So I'm 34 years old. And since then, like I've always had an active routine in terms of like me working out, right? So I, I work out maybe like, three to four times a week and there was a time growing up too where in my 20s I would feel like you know for the vein for the vein things like I want to be fit I want to do this but through the seasons of life through motherhood and again postpartum depression Mm -hmm. and going through the motions of navigating through my mental health I realize now that in my 30s wellness and my mental health goes hand in hand And in order for me to like feel and operate good for my kids, Mm -hmm. that means that I need to take the time to either go to my therapist or take my medication. I'm on antidepressants, you know, or do I like I I look at what I need every day. I'm like, do I need to work out? How am I how am I emotionally right now? Mm -hmm. What do I need so that I can feel good and operate during the day? And that's not something my mom and my dad taught me, you know, they're, they just grew up like trying to survive, right? Like trying to get through the motions, my mom trying to get all the kids ready, fed and homework time and stuff like that. So like, for me now, I have to look at what is my emotional health? What can I do to balance, balance? Cause I don't, you know, what we try to figure, figure out life, but yeah, you know, I think that that's a different approach that I've learned through dark, hard seasons. And that's not something that I learned from growing up to the healing part and the awakening part. Yeah. Yeah. I think you mentioned something that comes up with all of my coaching clients, you know, that are typically first gens, their internal world was never validated, right? Mm -hmm. There was never time. And when I mention this, I know that there's some resistance for some people. I mention it not because I'm ungrateful. Yeah. We can be grateful and also recognize that there were things that are still impacting us now, maybe, you know, yeah. and that we have to yeah. do, like you, a conscious daily effort to change them. Yeah. So I recognize that a lot of our parents just didn't have space or time or maybe the the awareness that they needed to make room for our own reality as first gens right yeah 
Um, and so I think a lot of us like will push that down until it bubbles up and bursts and it's like something's got to be done. Yeah. Yeah. And that's um, up until recently, um, I guess my latest awakening was going to therapy. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I've always known, like, I should go, I should go, I should go. And I was always scared. And I realized the root of me being scared was um, me telling my parents that I was going to therapy. Mm. And so I was always hesitant because I was like, I didn't, I was scared of what they were going to say, not me actually going to therapy, but their opinion of me going to therapy. Yeah. So when, um, I think it was about four months ago, that's when I felt like I hit a really hard time in my mental health. Um, and you know, I, I, I go through everything, right? I'm like, I'm not feeling well. I've tried to do, you know, everything that I usually, you know, the try to go to the go to's hot girl walk, you work, work out or journal gratitude affirmations. Like the, the list I've, I've done it all. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is not, this is not, this is not working out and I need help. So I reached out and I found a Latina therapist that connect that I connected with. And, um, you know, the first, the first session was the hardest, the most hardest part, because I just had to lay it all out. But, you know, through the, through the journey, she, I mean, the first, the first, um, session, she was also able to say, you need to see a psychiatrist Mm -hmm. and you need medication as well. And she said in a loving way, she was just like, you, you're going to be okay. We're going to get you through this. You're going to feel good. It was never coming from a place of judgment or fear because at least for me, there was a huge stigma with mental health of like, Oh, you cannot tell any doctors that you're sad because and then all the stuff. Mm. So I have all of these like little voices in my head of like, why I should never talk about my sadness, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then, you know, when, when I was there, she was, she was recommending, she's like, you are depressed and you need the medication. So I got on medication and, you know, I feel the best I have ever felt in my 34 years. Wow. And it's, and it's, it was the hardest part, right? Because I had to tell, going back to the, uh, my parents, their opinion of them. Yeah. I had to tell them because my mom noticed when I was really sad and she was like, you know, estas bien, que pasa? And, you know, moms know they just and I was like, mom, estoy bien, estoy bien. And then I, I finally couldn't lie anymore. And she was like, uh, I was like, mom, estoy yendo a terapia. You know, I'm taking medication. And she could not fully understand it, you know, mm. and she was scared. And luckily, my my siblings came in and my sister's a nurse and it really explained it in a way of like, you know, when you're sick with the cold or flu or whatever, you go to the doctor, right? And she's like, we can do that for our mind. There is no, there, there's nothing wrong because she needs that support. Mm-hmm. And she was like, and if she needs medication, she's like, that's okay. My mom's diabetic. And so my mom, she was like, you sometimes need your medication for your diabetes. And so she was like, that's jazz. And she's going to be perfectly fine, you know? So it was really good that 
she got that knowledge but then yeah. i think that the the best thing and the most i guess freeing part was that i told my mom that i was on medication and after that call i felt so proud i felt mm. so it, it almost like i i took off so much like weight on myself you know and then yeah. i was like it, it almost made me open the doors to more healing because yes. this whole part, I was fearful of their opinion. And now I, I told them and I'm like, okay, now I can dig deeper and just, I'm going in, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that for you. Like one, I'm really happy that you feel really good, you know? And I think that it's beautiful that you had the inertia to be like, okay, whatever it takes, right? I'm going to do whatever it takes to make, myself feel better and two i'm glad you had the support too because i think not everyone um knows that if they'll have that support for example from your sister explaining to your mom and you yeah. know kind of like hey it's a team effort here yeah. of helping her understand what route you're taking yeah it was i was so grateful for it like i have two brothers and one sister and they kind of were just like she's gonna be fine they all called me and they checked on me and they're like you're okay you're okay I'm fine, you know, and it's going to yeah. be good. And, um, but that also includes like my husband, you know, it takes, mm -hmm. it takes a village, the support from him to say, um, it doesn't matter that we're gonna, one thing that we also had to learn is investing in our mental health mm -hmm. because again, growing up that we didn't talk about it, nor did we see, Hey, if we need it, we're going to for it. Right. We see we see it so often the normal of like, go get a coffee, go get a Starbucks, go get this. You need it. Go spend it, you know? Yeah. But I didn't see, hey, if you need a therapist, go make that investment because it's going to pay you tenfold. I didn't see that. But I was I'm so grateful that my husband was like, it doesn't matter if you need to go every week. We'll figure it out. Well, right now, this is what you need. This is the support that, that you need right now. And it's been, you know, I, I get really, I, I shared on my stories that I get really frustrated because my insurance was not covered. Nothing was covered mm. in my insurance. So it's been literally, you know, me, everything paying, all my mental health journey thus far has been me paying out of pocket, which makes me more passionate about because I'm like, why aren't there more resources? Because obviously our community is being affected by this. Yeah. And you know, it's not easily disposable, you know, so yeah. I'm just grateful that my family, my husband and um, everyone has been through this journey right now to help me navigate through my mental health. And it's a journey that I'm always going to continue to be on. Yeah, absolutely. I think one important thing you said, too, is that once you open the door, then it gets easier, right? So one thing that I've talked about with previous guests is that threshold sometimes feels really hard. The The barrier to, <laughs> what is it? The uh, barriers to entry, right? They seem yes. maybe a lot. Whether it's, I've never heard of something like that. I don't even know where to start. It's going to mm. cost me money. So I think that, you know, that's part of the mission here is to spread awareness on mental health and maybe lower the barriers to entry the more possible yeah. by you know I had a therapist on the podcast as well so just mm -hmm. like letting everyone know there are people that share our story and that understand and that are in the uh, mental health field as well which is really cool yeah I, I love that I love that it, it's 
um, you're opening these opportunities for conversations for people that I can, I can relate to and for resources that I ne probably never knew existed, you know? So for me to hear somebody out say they've had these same thresholds, but they also have had such a beautiful growth through mm, it. Yeah. It also tells me that, and you know, it's, it's that whole thing. Like if she can do it, pues yo también, you yeah. know, like I will, I will go, I will get there. And that's just a, that, that, that's a hope. Like what you're doing in this podcast is you're giving us hope for other, you know, other, other listeners for healing because that it's possible. I feel that, yeah, we're all worthy of healing and growing and evolving absolutely oh i love that handing out hope someone else had said like permission slips right like permission yeah. slips to take care of yourself yeah. yeah yeah that's my hope i mean i want you know that's why i i like that guests share their story because if a listener sees themselves reflected then they can also tune into what resources were most helpful for you right yeah so maybe we can start dabbling into that what is a healing modality whether it's therapy or something else that you find yourself coming back to on a regular basis? Uh, my seasons change, right? Because <laughs> yeah. of motherhood, right? So my seasons change, but I feel now in my current state that I feel like I cannot um, navigate or regulate, I should say the word, regulate my emotions. I feel like I right immediately find a therapist to talk about it because mm -hmm. I always had that this idea that a therapist had to like uh fix me in one session or I, I don't know I had this idea of like in the in one session that they would not understand me but when mm -hmm. you're feeling all of these feelings or trying to regulate there's something so awesome to be in a place in a setting with a therapist to just release. And for me, sometimes I can't share these thoughts with my husband. I can't share these thoughts with my besties or anything like that. I need somebody who is from an outside perspective, doesn't know me that I can just release. Yeah. And then I love at least my therapist ask me questions that I never would ask myself or that my friends or family would ask because my friends or family will always ask because they love me, right? They always want it. They're like, oh, they, they got my back, right? right? But a therapist is going to ask you the right questions to challenge your thoughts and to, you know, to, to, to think differently, you know? Mm -hmm. So every time that I go, when I would, when I go, I feel like she asked me a question. I'm like, I've never, I get like, whoa. Yeah. You know, I've never, <laughs> I never thought about it that way. Or, you know, I, one of the conversations that we've had was about how my entire, now in my 30s, my entire, you know, journey of why I struggle is because um, I just wanted to be loved. I saw my mom struggle with her mental health journey and I never really saw her love herself. Yeah. And I never saw her give herself compassion or rest or healing or to play. Mm -hmm. Right. Because she was always like heightened stress, you know. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it, because I never had like the emotional connection with her or the physical connection of like, te quiero mucho, yeah. you know, 
that internally I took it as, well, she may not love me. Mm. And until this year, when I have to talk to my therapist, at the end, like I cried because the little girl in me was just craving for her mom to hug her every now and then just say, I love you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So those are things that like, yes, I journal and I do gratitude journals and I have body movement. Sometimes I force myself to go out in the sun because, you know, vitamin D, <laughs> but like when, when you're in the thick of it, of like, I am having a breakdown. Yeah. I, I wish I could have done this sooner for myself and just made an appointment, you know, like listen to my intuition, make an appointment as soon as possible and just be like, I need to talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like that would be like my, that would be like my 911 thing. Like my immediate response now is I need to go to a therapist. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that it's super important what you just said of like your expectation versus reality right so maybe there's a lot of expectation build up when you hear about therapy i hadn't even considered it to be honest like what would be some of the people's different interpretations of therapy you know i think like when i made the jump to therapy i didn't i didn't necessarily know what to expect but i also didn't fear it because I had heard other people talk about it. But mm -hmm. I can definitely understand thinking like, what is it going to be like? Am I going to feel like uncomfortable? Am I going to leave feeling worse? Right? So there yeah. may be like different questions that pop up. So that's important to keep in mind. Yeah. I just felt like I was I had the fear of like, was I going to be interrogated to feel even worse? you know like mm -hmm. are they gonna make me f I guess coming from like a parent figure parents always ask you questions and then you I end up feeling you know guilty or worse so because it's an, an adult figure who is you know gonna help me I had this preconceived notion of that but when I just sat down and just talked to her and she really made me feel safe and she was like you know you're you're safe here and that was another thing, like my core feelings, my inner core feelings is that I always want to feel safe, loved and accepted. Yeah. And so because now I've been doing this like mental health journey and inner work journey, it's like bled into how I navigate motherhood because how my, I have toddlers, I have a seven-year-old and I have a three-year-old. And, you know, they get angry sometimes. <laughs> and if I had not gone to therapy, seeing them get frustrated, I would get frustrated mm. so, because I didn't know how to control my emotions. I couldn't teach my daughter or my how to control theirs. Yeah. So we would all end up like frustrated, mm. you know. Yeah. But now I feel the gift has been I have a moment of pause where my daughter, where she gets frustrated and I could, I listen to her and I'll say like, are you angry? Are you sad? Why, why, what's making you angry? And then she'll tell me like, my Cruz, my, my son, Cruz took me. And so then she's able to express herself and then we'll come to a solution. And then, you know, I make her feel loved, saved and validated, mm -hmm. you know, accepted. Yeah. But none of that would have been there without that threshold that you mentioned you know? mm, how beautiful i i'm recognizing right now that you're in that period of awareness it sounds mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. right and recognition and also it sounds like your therapist is helping you find the roots of different mm -hmm. things so mm -hmm. that's my favorite 
<laughs> I'm not a therapist, but I am a coach for first gens. And honestly, like to me, that is so powerful because how I see healing sometimes is like picture like a garden and there's just like things sprouting out of it, you know, and you don't necessarily know why, but you're like, oh, there's always weeds in this corner. And then like, yeah. oh, there's always like onions over here. I don't want onions. But when you, I think become aware and then dig into healing and therapy, you start to look for why is there weeds there? Hmm, let me go look, right? Let yeah. me go see. And so you're able to identify, oh, okay, it's because there's this, these factors here. Yeah. Can I change them? Can I modify them? Do I want them? Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I love that. Also, obviously, you bring the motherhood aspect to it all. Um, and it's beautiful to hear that that is impacting also your children in a positive way. You know, I feel like that was one of the reasons why I had to go to therapy because I knew I, I it almost like I had to draw a line in the sand, like either I repeat this cycle of what I was raised with yeah, or I change it. And that was hard, you know, because I mm. felt broken. I felt like, what is wrong with me? Why can't it, it triggered so many insecurities, right? Like mm. what is, I'm, I'm not enough as a mom. I'm what's wrong with me. Why can't I mother correctly? Uh, why do I get so frustrated? And then I would fall into like guilt, yeah. you know, and it was, it was a lot. It was a lot, but I feel like I wish I heard these conversations in motherhood and Latinas, because there has to be these these conversations to say, hey, you know, we, we I know what you're feeling. And because you're trying to regulate emotions, it doesn't make you less of a mother. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make you less than anything like that. It just makes you human and we're learning and we're growing, you know. And so if we can listen to that inner voice to say, hey, like, okay, let me let me figure it out. What what is it the tool, the resource? Who do I need to speak to? And or what podcast should we listen to? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But I feel like these are conversations that need to be had, you know. Yeah. I think it's important that relentless pursuit of whatever whatever is needed for my own journey. You know, I yeah. think you, for example, use the tools that are always mentioned, journaling, meditation, right? Like these different tools that maybe you're like, okay, yeah, they help a little bit, but something isn't changing. You know, I yes. need something bigger or different. So thankfully you kept looking and you found therapy. For other yeah. people, it might be they did therapy first and then now they're on this still journey of searching. Um, so so yeah, maybe a relentless pursuit of what it is that you need for yourself and mm -hmm. understanding that help is not, like you said, doesn't make you less than in any way. It's, mm -hmm. um, it's something that I think a lot of us feel uncomfortable with too, though. Mm -hmm. And I think it comes from, you know, the, the examples that we had growing up. So, yeah. so yeah, hopefully also understanding that, that asking for help is not a sign of weakness and... Yeah. Yeah, it's accepted. And the other thing I wanted to point out is that now, like, you're getting space held for you, and now you're holding space for your children, right? Mm -hmm. Like your daughter, and that's so beautiful because I think that's also something that we lacked: space holding in a non-judgmental and safe feeling place. Absolutely, you know. And my daughter is very much like me. Like I'm, I always say, I'm a sensitive soul. Like mm -hmm. I. I will cry 
or a movie that I've seen 10 times each time. Yeah. The same way. <laughs> you know, so my daughter's the same and my husband's like, son igualitas, you know, <laughs> but it, it just, to me, now I see it, like I see myself in her and it does, it, it motivates me, you know, mm -hmm. it motivates me to say like, I, I want her to feel loved, you know, because I mean, the world's always changing and there, there's always going to be something as I feel like as a word, a mom worry, right? Like the, the world's always changing. She's growing so fast, but if I can teach her those core feelings and teach my, my daughter to be a good person, know that she's loved, know she's beautiful and know that she's smart, like all of those things, I feel like she's going to grow up. Like I feel that I did good job. You know, mm, yeah. so it's something that I, I I'm I'm a work in progress, and we're learning together. We're a team. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and definitely having a lot of patience, I would say, because knowing that you've been in therapy for a couple of months, I'm sure you know there when there's awareness, there's not always immediate change too. Like there may be times where you just aren't able to do steps one through four like you were taught, right? Or the ones yeah. that you know work. Sometimes there's this awareness where it's like, dang it, I, I wasn't able to react the way I would have wanted to. Oh, but yeah. it takes time, you know, it takes time and patience. Um, Before I went to therapy, that's how I also knew that I had to, you know, get support because I was losing it. I was losing, I was yelling or frustrated and angry and, I was, I was like, why am I getting so frustrated? Like I couldn't control mm. it, you know? And yeah. um, that was a huge thing where I, I knew that I needed to change how I felt. And um, that's why now that I am on anti-depression medication, it helps me um, to kind of create that, like balance my emotions, right? So it's not a feeling of, like uh like butterflies and rainbows or anything like that it just yeah. keeps me it, it allows me to see what's logical and what's not you know and especially with my emotions i just felt like i would always take my my comfort emotion was i'm not enough i must be doing something wrong mm -hmm. i you know it would go there very dark place mm -hmm. and motherhood tricked motherhood would trigger me into everything you yeah. know because it's my everyday life, right? If I wouldn't do anything and then my daughter would get frustrated and then it would go. So for me, um, I knew that with the medication, I knew that if Lexapro wouldn't work, I was willing to be resilient to say like, I'm going to try another medication mm. till I find that something works. Because again, I went 33 years without asking for help in yeah. therapy or a psychiatrist. Just living through it and it was exhausting and hard and broken and it during my pregnancy it, it heightened a lot and I, I remember vividly just sitting with like my bancita and just crying and not knowing mm. why I was crying you know so it's 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 not like I know we share like like lo dulce right now but there was a lot of tears and confusion and brokenness and navigating through that to get to here, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I feel like now that, that we're here, um, wish I would have been able to just not be so fearful of, 
opinions or the idea of seeking help or asking for help, you know, like yeah. at the end of the day, we're all just trying to be better. Yeah, for sure. I think that's part of, you know, what I'm trying to do here is also show the not so pretty parts, you know, mm -hmm. because we can say like, oh, I've set the boundaries or I've done, you know, the, the whatever stuff you've taken, yeah. Um, yeah. the good parts, there's a lot that like the journey, right? The journey that yeah. it takes you to get there, whether it's validating your own emotions, having hard, difficult conversations, um, going through the downs when you think you were about to experience an up, like maybe motherhood, right? Or this mm -hmm. new medicine and then it being even harder sometimes like, oh, that's mm -hmm. not what I expected. So yeah, definitely knowing that there's trial and error in every journey Absolutely. and being okay with that and, and not taking it as, well, that's it, nothing works right yeah. like constantly pursuing better um so in terms of resources or things that you do for yourself you mentioned like a little to you a go-to list that you're like okay i worked out i went to, to the sun what is a habit that you do on a regular basis that you think is really helpful to you uh i do like i said i do um my gratitude um it's important for me to write them down because we all have limiting beliefs, right? And we all have a place of comfort of the story that we, re we repeat ourselves. Mm -hmm. And when you are, your circumstance feels like you're in the negative or you feel like what's going, you see what's going wrong in your life. It kind of makes you want to look at everything that's going wrong. And then you think like my life is wrong, mm. right? So for me, I feel like I need to challenge my thoughts and my beliefs by writing them down and it doesn't have to be like i'm so grateful for you know it doesn't have to be something big it can be yeah the practice just the practice of seeing the small beautiful things of gratitude like my warm home right now in vegas i'm, I'm from las vegas mm. i live i currently reside in las vegas and it we wake up now at 30 degrees wow it's cold you know <laughs> yeah. like my warm bed I'm, I'm so grateful, you know, and the, or another thing that I'm grateful for is when I put my son down to nap or to sleep, he's like, okay, mom, hug and kiss. And he'll always say, I love you, mom. I love you. Mom. I love you. I love you, Cruz. And so I love yous. And so those things that I'm like, okay, I am rich. I'm rich in love. I'm rich in, in my home. I'm rich in this, you know? So like I step into that frequency of like, I'm abundant. Actually, I'm I'm super good, you know. Yeah. So I'm not in a place of lack, but there's nothing wrong and I'm going to switch this story that I'm wanting to go to, you mm, know. Yeah. So that that really challenging my words, my thoughts and into gratitude. And I know for me, I have to at least do some sort of body movement at least three to four times a week. So either um my husband and I sometimes we take the kids to the gym. And we just, I walk on the treadmill for a few minutes, uh, like an hour long, and I listen to audiobooks. Mm. Or sometimes I just put on like Bad Bunny and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know, listening. But it's that time to just, you know, be in, in a releasing. Yeah. Um, so body movement. Um, if I, uh, I also look at in my planner, I have the manifesting planner. It's right here. With me. Mm. And in my planner every month, I love this planner. Every time I talk, I, I have a chance to talk about it. I love it. So every <laughs> month it has a reflecting your month uh -huh. and it has the wheel of life. You're probably familiar with mm, it. Yeah. So it, it allows me to see 
you know, reflect on everything in my life, like career, finance, personal growth, family, relationships, health. And that way I can see where I assess all my, my, all those categories. And Mm -hmm. I'm able to say like, okay, this month, what do I need to focus on? You know, because we can have, you start the year with like, I have all these goals. And then somewhere along the year, it's like, what happened to those goals? Yeah. (laughs) So for for me, every month I assess, like if my mental health comes first, obviously by my, my wheel of life, I, everything must follow that. Right. So I, you know, content creating may not be first or this may not be first because my priority right now is my mental health. Mm-hmm. So if I feel like that's a line, then I don't feel behind. You know, I don't feel like things are going wrong. I feel like, no, this is what I need in my season of life right now. And I'm content with that. I like how you're saying like, well, you kind of take it into bite size and organize it in a way that doesn't feel overwhelming where it's like, let me just focus on one aspect. And if yeah. the rest aren't as active, it's okay. I like that. Exactly. And yeah. that's, that's something that I had to do with my content creating because you know, before I had like my breakdown, um, I was building very consistent posting on TikTok and I was posting every day and once a day, every day for the entire week. Right. But then I just could not do it with my mental health anymore. And, Mm. you know, I knew that I needed to take a pause and by reflecting and assessing and I was like, well, you know, for these upcoming months, if I could do three postings a week or four postings a week, that's cool. Because right now what's priority is my emotional health, you know, and then it's not like I need to post seven times a week or I need to hit certain views or likes or follows because that's not that's not the season that I'm in right now. The season that I'm in right now is I got to I got to focus on my heart and my mind and my soul, you know? Yeah, you need to be good. I love that. Yeah. There's so much I, you know, I I was like thinking of 10 different things to talk about right now, but in the essence of time, we'll just keep going. Um, The next question I have for you is what is a favorite song that you listen to, to feel inspired or like a pick me up? Oh, I'm very, I don't know if I have, like if it's picking me up, I mean, bad bunny all day every day okay pero <laughs> <laughs> and then my, my, this is my playlist okay so if it's not okay. bad bunny then i'm like listening to cumbias right mm. and if it's not that then i'm very much like an indie um indie spanish playlist so okay. like los panchos um stuff like that my dad would listen to that's pretty much a lot of my music taste okay so it goes to like super calm super mellow and then perreo and cumbias (laughs) (laughs) all right all right what about a favorite quote or advice that you refer back to um that you really like i always refer back to the quote that what is it get up a fall eight times or no fall seven times get up eight Mm. Um, that's stuck with me since like high school. And I think it, I mean, it shows right to like even my three mile run and it didn't have to, I wasn't trying to be the first on the team or anything like that. It was, I just wanted to do this for me and I wanted to get back up and feel good for me. And no matter what, you know, through motherhood or marriage or whatever it may be, um, content creating, posting my content, you post some video and then you get like no views. Like I'm still going to get up. I'm doing this for me. Yeah. You know, 
So that's that's one of my go-tos. Okay. What about an influencer or someone that you follow that always leaves you positively inspired? Oh, man, there's so many. There's so many. I feel like right now the girls that I connect to the most are Ana, uh, Ana Bañuelos, who's very local to me. And she always talks about, you know, high frequency or healing or becoming her. So I always love having conversations with her about just this, right? It's very rare to find friendships who like to talk about personal development Mm. and, you know, like to talk about where are we going? What's like, it's grow together. So when I met her, I was like, oh, I feel like I told, I told, I tell her, I was like, I feel like I manifested you because it just, <laughs> it's, it's, it feels beautiful yeah. to have a girl friend that sees good in you, but also sees like, there is no, like, there is no triggered insecurities amongst each other. There is no like, what is it like that that girl high school feeling of you know mm. tearing down it's really let's lift each other up what do you need how can we support each other you know that type of energy yeah um and then there's also yerlin who i talk to a lot and i love talking to her because she always gives me so much wisdom and i we talk about how you know the expectations of me not achieving my parents dreams and goals Mm. and how I'm still learning to like process through it Mm. and she tells me she's she's she'll say like it like she's my older sister the older prima and she'll say like you one of the things she told me that stuck with me she was like my job or my career in my 20s was not my career in my 30s and my career in my 30s was not my career in my 40s so she was like your career is not going to dictate like your heart or anything like that so your parents expectations like it it should not weigh on you and and for me to she's been an entrepreneur and she's had her catering business her restaurant and she's always I, i see her and i'm just like wow you know and so for me when i hear her wisdom to me i i truly take it as you know wisdom and encouragement to say i have so much life ahead of me like i i I can do this and she was actually the one who encouraged me to also lead my workshops because i felt um how would i say i felt uh, even with the my podcast i felt like my fear was like who's gonna listen to me Mm. (laughs) who's gonna listen to me who's gonna want people or who's gonna want me to teach them how to be a content creator and she was like uh me (laughs) i want you to teach me but she was very much she poured belief in me where i want to say it's her because i that i have a podcast and it's because of her that i started leading my workshops Mm. so you need people like that in your corner that see in you so much that will say go you know you need to be there you know I so love those are those are those are my girls. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so that's a beautiful segue to. I do have a, a short list of fun questions for you, Ooh. but before we head into those, it's a beautiful segue to what you're currently doing, where people can find you, and maybe tell us a little bit more about those workshops. Ooh, <laughs> so I am I am a content creator, but I found that I love that. I love helping other creators negotiate with brands. And that's Mm -hmm. something that I was so scared of 
Porque, again, I'm a, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I have my kids. And so I wasn't in corporate America. I don't know how, the lingo of how to send professional emails or anything like that. What I do have is heart and I do have is creativity. So I had the willingness to learn and figure it out. And through that process, I realized that I'm not the only one that has these fears mm. because a brand may, it, it feels like a brand, like they feel big, right? Yeah. And, as a creator, it feels like, well, I'm a little creator. Like, you know, I feel like I need to shrink myself in some sense. And so through the process of me learning and gaining confidence, I was like, I can't be the only one that feels this. But two, I don't want them, my, my comunidad to feel that. So I started to, you know, my, my greatest joys is when I have my my inbox saying like, hey, you know, I just got on a PR list or mm. I just got a collaboration. Um, I had one of my students, what I call him, <laughs> and one of my students, um, I helped her get to her first $2,000 collaboration. Yeah. And I was like, yes, because <laughs> a win for her is a win for me, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I had one of my other students too, who got her first partnership. So that's what I mean. Like, I love that what was part of my story and why one of my videos went viral on TikTok was I, me saying, why aren't there more Latinas getting paid collaborations? Mm -hmm. That was it. Mm -hmm. I called it out. I told it like it is. And now my workshops are literally about, let me teach you how to get these paid collaborations and Beautiful. show you how to be confident, how to say like it, it, it's, it's something that I'm passionate about, especially because in our if, if we don't talk about it in our, you know, Latino community, then we how do we can't change our economic our the economy of creators for Latinas, you mm. know, so there needs to be transparency, there needs to be these hard conversations to say, hey, I'm getting paid this much, you need to ask for more. Yeah. You know, yeah. and there is no envidia. There is nothing like that. Like to me, I want you to win and I want you to get paid more. You know, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. that's what my heart is. So I do lead workshops. I have a podcast um, and I what is it called? Sure. The podcast? My podcast is a Latina creator. It's on Apple and Spotify. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and where can people find you? all the time on TikTok and Instagram. Um, I'm at jazz.ornelas. Okay, perfect. Well, I love what you're doing and I think you stand out in the Latina creator community, you know, as someone who is exactly that, someone who uplifts and is looking out for her community. So thank you so much for what you do and for speaking out and doing your thing. You know, I think it it really opens the door for others to do it as boldly and loudly as you're you're doing it yourself. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I'm always honored. You know, I would not have a platform if it wasn't for this community. So for me, it's more of a motivation, more of a ways for me to find resources and tools so that I can give back and say like, hey, like, let's do this together. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so for the last set of questions, they're just Ooh. fast. <laughs> Salsa verde o roja? Verde. Orchata o Jamaica? Jamaica. Reggaeton or hip hop? Reggaeton. <laughs> Concha de vainilla or chocolate? Chocolate. Mm. <laughs> what is your taco order? Oh, man. I'm basic. I just like, <laughs> I like just tacos. Give them to me. Like just plain tacos con cebolla y cilantro, you know, and my salsa. Like, 
de qué, cuántos. We need the whole order, girl. You're pulling okay, up to a taco. You, let me tell you. Okay. You're if, pulling if up putting, to a taco stand. If we're, pull, if we're going to the, Okay. I want a mulita. Oh, okay. 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 I want a mulita. And then I want two tacos de carne asada. And let me see. What else would I get? Con todo la o la pura carne. Uh, just the cebolla and because uh, I'm very picky. I don't like, I don't like when the salsa is too immersed. Mm. I like to put my salsa. Okay, okay. <laughs> Como las tortas, las tortas ahogadas. I can't have mm. them because it's too like immersed. You know. Yeah. My husband loves it, but I, there's something about the texture that I don't, I don't mm. like. You know. Yeah. So I just like, I like my even spread. <laughs> That's funny. I get it though. Like for cereal, uh, it needs to still be crunchy. I can't let it like yes! soak into. <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm the same yeah. way. <laughs> I try to explain that to my daughter, and I was like, just a little bit milk halfway. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking your time to be on the podcast. It was so nice having you. Is there anything that you would like to say before we close it out? I'm just really grateful. I'm really grateful to be here and to be a part of what you're doing in this community. I can't wait to see everyone else's interviews or stories and just get more of the healing because, you know, that's what that's what this is about, to be in this journey together and grow together and what beautiful ways to do it for our first gen Latina comunidad, you know? Yes, ma'am. Exactly. All right, guys. Well, to those of you listening, cuídense mucho, que tengan un bonito día. Share this episode with your amigos, amigas, amigues. And remember, first gen, I love you. I love me. And I can't wait for you to love yourself. Bye. Bye.